on TV, online, and once upon a time there were these two poker commentators, they sucked the end. This is EPT Not Live. Oh man, that was just mean. Hello my babies and welcome to EPT Not Live. Coming up on today's show, we are back from Canada and Daniel's Summer Bash. PCA main event number one from 2015 is out. Chris Moneymakers featured on that show, who is also today's guest. We're going to tell you how to qualify for EPT Barcelona. And we're also going to explain how you failed to sportify poker. I am Joe Stapleton, and with me, sort of, in spirit and also electronically, is my work wife, James Hardigan. I'm sitting in our voiceover booth in London, and I'm looking at a blank space. Not a Taylor Swift song, but a seat which was normally occupied by Joe Stapleton, who has been transferred back to the United States of America and via technology that's taken thousands of pounds and thousands of man hours to install, we are able to speak to each other. That's right. I am in my underwear, my babies, and I am snacking on some American cheese. It is very weird. We're going to get used to this whole thing, though. It's just like one of our overlong phone conversations, Joe, but other people get to listen in on it, which I guess is what this show is, really. Uh, Many people thrilled, by the way, that we returned from summer vacation last week. Uh, We were off for, what was it, five weeks, I think? It was a very long time. It was like it was one of those long breaks where like I felt really rusty coming back. Well, people didn't notice the rust. Keith Woodward says, good to have EPT Not Live back with Stapes and Hartigan. Back to the US for Joe. Uh, he points out that the show last week didn't just star Daniel Negreanu, but also starred Calvin. And I actually think, Joe, that Calvin became the unintentional star or hero of last week's show. If you look at the Twitter feed, hashtag EPT Not Live. It's the one thing that everyone is talking about. Some people saw the comedy value of the anecdote. Others were a little bit more maudlin. Varun, a former superfan, says R.I.P. Calvin. Sad face. <laughs> Tony Turner Alvarez was very pleased that Daniel Negreanu appeared because she needed a little Negreanu to cleanse the dead cat palate. <laughs> More tributes to a long-lost pet. Scott Brauner says, listening to Eepsy Not Live at work, laughing so hard at Stapes burying his brother's cat, I'm pouring one out for Calvin. Hashtag RIP Calvin. Sadly, we did not get that trending. Andrew Ford was disturbed. I was eating my tea. He means dinner. That's 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 dinner in right, Northern. Right. And listening to the Eeps You Not Live podcast. And then Stapes tells Hartigan the cat story. Hashtag lost appetite. Hashtag RIP Calvin. Well, you're welcome. The diet was easier to follow that week. <laughs> and Krishnan who appeared on last week's show as the superfan, is looking forward to this week's edition even more because it is a transatlantic podcast and should be interesting indeed. What that means is that Krishnan's hoping it's a bloody mess, the whole thing falls apart, it's a car crash, and he gets to spectate. But it's not going to be. We're going to make it work, aren't we, Joe? We're going to make it work. I think think I've got... I think it's going to be all right. I think that if we didn't tell people, they might not have even known that we weren't in the same place. Yeah, I think there might be the occasional moment where it all kind of like loses the plot. But hey, that's why we have the virtual razor blade, which we put to the show afterwards. 
oh, I'm not meant to tell you about that, am I? Snip, snip, snip. <laughs> you think that everything you say goes out there? No, I, I, I know for a fact it doesn't. That's why I tend not to listen to the show because I'm like, what? Where does that? What? No, I just, I can't deal with it. Uh, hey, because I'm living in America again, I was allowed to go to the dentist yesterday too, so that was good. You could have gone to the dentist in the UK. You just would have had to have paid money for it. No, I paid money for it here too, but I, I'm just proud to say it has nothing to do with poker and it's not terribly interesting. I hadn't been to the dentist in two years and I had no new cavities. Oh, wow. Well, well, well good for you. Oh, good for you. Thank you, Christian Bale. Should we talk a little bit about this, uh, this Canada thing, man? Yes, because as Joe mentioned at the top of the show, we have just returned from Toronto. Joe flew back uh, to New York. I flew back to London. Uh, This weekend just gone, Saturday the 1st of August, was the PokerStars VIP Club Live Toronto Daniel's Summer Party. Event Recap. Event Recap. I think it's fair to say, Joe, that it was an awesome <laughs> night. Yeah, I don't know where to begin with this. That's I, I just, it was, there's so much to go over. Like, we could do three hours probably just talking about what happened at this party. Let's see if I can give you the long and the short of it real quick, guys. Uh, Canadian VIPs, Daniel, Phil Kessel, some sportscasters, about 700 poker fans showed up. 40 other like VIPs uh, there were just it, it, all free food and free drink there was a shorthanded poker game there was a circus act but I don't know James for me the highlight which was also I don't want to say the low light the hardest work of the night but was also the highlight was just meeting I don't know of those 750 people showed up I probably met shook hands took photos with 700 of them I was shocked that people actually wanted us to sign stuff they'd already got Daniel Negreanu to sign. It's like, oh, look, Daniel signed my baseball cap. Will you sign it as well? Why would you want us to lower the value of this item by adding our signatures to it? Uh, Seriously, it was... I was actually overwhelmed, flattered. Um, It was amazing to meet so many people who said so many nice things. And yet it is exhausting to just meet and greet, have photos taken with so many people. But I'm just pleased that... Obviously, we're still popular. We're still relevant. Uh, I'm pleased that people still watch the TV shows, still watch the live streams, and that poker seems to be a really big thing still in Canada. Yeah, I think that part of this was unique to Canada. I don't think that we could have done something anywhere else in the world where everyone would have been just that cool and that nice and that amazing and that respectful. And I'm not going to lie. There are a couple people here and there that were a little weird. Uh, we, We did a meet and greet. Uh, we helped facilitate a meet and greet for Daniel earlier in the day. And um, some folks kick things off there. And some people try to start things off, James. You know, some people try to start things off by, like, being antagonistic, by, like, being a little too familiar, by being, like, just sort of, like, poking poking at you or Daniel or, or myself. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was one character who turned up to that uh, that meet and greet. And obviously, everyone knew that, I mean, of the 750-odd guests, one of them was going to be drawn to play in this shorthanded sit-and-go with Daniel and the VIPs. And this guy walks in and he's like, uh, yeah, when I meet Daniel, first thing I'm going to tell him that is if this was heads up or it was PLO, I would crush him. Okay, well, we'll, we'll yeah, and, and he did do that. I mean, he did immediately cha- challenge Daniel <laughs> to heads up PLO, which I love the way Daniel handles it. Daniel's just like this, cool, no problem. Get the deed to your house. <laughs> like he just handles it really well. Like, fine, you want to play me heads up? We're really gonna play heads up. Um, he also um, decided to take issue with you over the <laughs> over the po- what was it? What's that show you do? The, uh, it was um, the Inside Poker Stars feature where we talk about the shuffles. Yeah, that video you did with the bald dude. I, I, it's bullshit, man. It's total bullshit. It's like, oh my god, we've got a the deck is rigged conspiracy theorist amongst us. And obviously Daniel then walks in at this point that this guy is going about how he doesn't believe the laser in the mirrors and still believes that, you know, online poker is conspiring against him. And Daniel's My not- favorite thing that he said was he goes he goes, Where do they get the laser from? <laughs> lasers are us of uh, and then daniel walks in in the middle of it and daniel goes hmm, hmm yeah I, you're you're clearly not a very good player then yeah i mean it was and that's like with i asked daniel he does a lot of these meet and greets if they're typically that awkward and he said no this one's really special i think it was because me and you were like arguing with this dude when he walked in and then everyone else was like uh what do we do mommy and daddy are fighting um so <laughs> Things eventually, I was actually really glad we were there because things eventually cooled off. And most of the people were so cute. People were giving Daniel gifts all night. People, uh, a a couple of guys gave things to me. Um, A lot of guys tried to give me material. Um, I don't know if you remember, James, but one guy in that meet and greet tried to to give me a joke. And then um, there's this guy, I have a a message I got here on Facebook. Later on, this guy named Robin, who um, said that he wanted to give me a, a phrase called "trivered," and that's when you get runner runner to lose the hand. Um, oh, because you get done on the turn and rivered. Is that the yeah, idea? Yeah, getting trivered. And I actually, yeah, I kind of like that one. He said that his friend Don Kerr came up with that one. It's more turrivered, right? To rivered, right? Yeah, T apostrophe rivered. Yeah. Think. Yeah. See, we're gonna make it better, and that way now it's mine. Now to rivered is ours. Yes. Trivered. Was made up by uh, Robin and, and Don, but unfortunately, Terrivered, that's a totally separate thing, and now we've just come up with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you talked about Daniel. I'd like to think that Daniel enjoyed the party because it was held in his honor, but he worked so hard. I mean, we had a taste of it, but Daniel, by his own estimations, took about 1,100 photos on Saturday night. He could not leave his own private area without just being press ganged into a corner and taking photograph after photograph, signing autograph after autograph. And he does it with a smile. And he is, he is an unbelievable ambassador and so good with the fans. Yeah. And I'm not saying this in any way to take away, like that also happened to me. So I can only imagine to what extent it happened to Daniel. Like, uh, and Daniel is just, like I'm sorry, everyone. It's gonna sound like a sick fan. He's such an amazing guy. Um, he like didn't deny anyone. 
and especially so James you just said that when he would go anywhere out of the VIP he would get mobbed by people and he 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 stood out there for hours until yeah. every single person was satisfied but during one of his really long runs like after he made his speech when he got down off the stage he stood there for about 45 minutes doing autographs and signing things and this guy came up to me and a lot of time people know Daniel's my friend and they know I'm sort of his handler and I was emceeing you know occasionally can be his handler I mean like in this particular night I was helping out with that sort of thing and this guy's like look my brother's in a wheelchair um, and he's up on one of the upper floors and it's really hard to get him up and down the stairs can can Daniel go up and I was like look man I'm gonna do my absolute best to, to do this to, to, to get Daniel to do this for you but like you know he's in the middle of a mob of people right now and for like the VIP area is like five feet away and for him to go all the way upstairs and come back down, it's going to take him a while. And yeah. I knew that it was just going to be a, like a lot of effort for him. And you know what Daniel did? He went back to the VIP for five minutes. We waited for the smoke to clear. I ran him upstairs. He went and chatted with this dude's brother for a few minutes. And we ran him back downstairs. And just I could see that Daniel was just simply exhausted. And I understood it completely because I was worn out from it too. And But he didn't deny a single person. And... You know what? There are a lot of people in various walks of life who don't deserve this sort of attention, but he does. He is just a fucking awesome dude. As far as the, the guests, other guests at the party, all of the the PokerStars players from Canada were concerned, I, I'd like to think everyone enjoyed it. Certainly the feedback I've seen on social media has been overwhelmingly positive. There was so much going on. I mean, you mentioned the, the endless free food and drink, Joe, and all the various entertainments that were on offer, be it PlayStation games or the golf simulator, the classic arcade games, the caricature artists, the magicians who were wandering around. Uh, the spot prizes. Yeah, I mean, it was impossible not to have a good time. The thing that everyone asked me about when I got back from our, our department in the PokerStars office was we showed the trailer for the Daniel documentary, Kid Poker, and I was like, what do they make of the trailer? What do they make of the trailer? And I said that the thing that I thought was hilarious is that the moment that we showed the skyline of Toronto or an overhead shot of like yeah. some sky going, yeah, it's Toronto! <laughs> it's like, that was the yeah. highlight of the trailer for everyone there at the party um but it was i mean we were on our feet from like 6 p.m to 2 a.m i'm not saying it wasn't a fun gig but it was work and by the end of it i was absolutely exhausted i flopped into bed and passed out pretty much straight away mr stapleton who is obviously younger than me and i think it's fair to say a bit of a party animal grr, went to the after party <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't going to like the thing is like at, a lot of times, James, you and I have a flight the next day or we have work the next day. And this was a time where I was just ready to bask in the glow of a job well done and a really great night and wasn't ready to call the night yet. So me and Daniel and my friend Jen hopped in a cab to uh, Griffin Benger's house. Uh, where there are a bunch of other poker people there. Um, a lot of guys from the party were there. Everyone, I stayed at Griffin Benger's house till about um, eight in the morning. Uh, around four, a girl from Tinder came to meet me. Uh, and so she came and after partied with us. Obviously, I bailed on some plans the next day. Before we get to that, I just wanted to bring up one funny little story. Is that apparently, uh, so Phil Kessel was probably like the biggest celebrity who was there, um, who wasn't Daniel. So for the, he's the guy that used to play. For anyone who doesn't live in uh, the U.S. or Canada, and therefore probably is not aware of the NHL or what it is, Phil Kessel is a hockey player who was with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but is now going to Pittsburgh. So. It was a bit weird because like a lot of the crowd were booing him because they kind of feel he's deserting their town. Right, but a lot of people were also supportive and were like, we love you anyway. And so Phil was like a little weird about showing up, you know, as and it's understandable because he's also a guy that's like 
he doesn't really love the attention anyway. And I brought up some some article uh, when I was interviewing him where he where it said he was like the most easily intimidated hockey player. And um, because I was trying to compare it to being intimidated at the poker table, but apparently he gets real funny about those sorts of things. Um, and my one friend who like was like mortified that I had asked him this question. But the thing that I found to be really funny is when I was at the after party with Daniel, Daniel kept looking at me and asking me if I thought Phil had a good time. And he's like, yeah, I'm just really nervous about like, you know, I just want to make sure he had fun. And like, I know this feeling well. It's like when you have a friend that's famous, you're like really worried about like if the party lives up. And I was like, Daniel, you know, that's how everyone feels about you, right? Like whenever I go hang out with Daniel, I'm like, oh man, like I just hope this is like cool enough and like not a waste of Daniel's time. And it was so cute to see Daniel actually having that exact same feeling that everyone has about him with Phil Kessel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing we should say, by the way, before you continue your tale of the after party, Joe, uh, is a huge thank you to everyone who was involved in the organization of this. I think it's fair to say that a lot of months of hard work went into this. So all the guys from the Canadian marketing team, Dylan Cody from the VIP club, James White from events, all the staff at Real Sports, and all the other PokerStars people who were there. And we talk about being Daniel's party. I mean, some of the team online guys were there, like Tyler Frost and Randy Liu. Jamie Staples was there. We got to meet him for the first time. Uh, You know, a lot of people came to Toronto for this bash. Yeah. And there are a lot of people like that were PokerStars employees were there as guests also like guys on the software team and stuff like that. And this was super awkward. Like I didn't want to ignore those guys, right? Like I didn't want to ignore them, but I also didn't want to like go up to them and introduce myself to them if they had no fucking clue who I was. So I tried it one time and they had no fucking clue who I was. And I was like, cool. Anyway, um, I'm going to go now. Thanks guys. Like have a good time. (laughs) And, um, Jordan from the marketing team, I talked to him yesterday, and he said that the staff at Real Sports says that they have never seen a group of people consume so much food. He said that that it was like a world record for how much and how quickly the food was devoured at this party. So I, I think that everyone who attended really should wear that as a badge of honor. So, Joe, the after party, the unofficial after party, which started at 2 a.m., what time did that actually conclude? I don't know because I left at 8 and it was still going strong. Like, I'm pretty sure it concluded around like 4 or 5 p.m. the next day because as I was leaving, everyone who was left was discussing going to a music festival like immediately that it was going to start at like 11 or 12 a.m. I unfortunately um, was just trying to wait out this girl from Tinder who uh, eventually just called it a night. And I was like... Cool, that's great. Cool story, bro. And so I missed. Now, me and you and my friend Jen were supposed to go to a a Blue Jays game the next day. And because I wasn't getting to bed until two hours before the game was supposed to start, I bailed. And I'm I'm very – I'm not a big bailer. I don't flake very often. I am am likely to stay all night, but usually I just power through the next day. I just couldn't do it. So I didn't even go to the Blue Jays game. But you guys had a good time though, right? It was awesome. It was a really good game. I mean, I've – I used to follow Major League Baseball in the late 80s, and then I kind of tuned out for a while. But when I was into it in the 80s, the Blue Jays were my team. So it was actually great to – go to their stadium and see them play a home game and win in spectacular fashion. Uh, the weird thing is that the dude sitting next to me, and bear in mind we're talking about a stadium with tens of thousands of people in it, recognized my voice and worked out I was the poker guy. This wasn't someone who'd been at the party the night before. He was just another random Toronto-based poker fan. What are the odds? Man, I mean, 
That is amazing. I think the odds, even though we don't think the odds are very good, I think the odds are pretty good. You know, we're on TV constantly in Canada. Like, apparently, we're on, like, a couple times a day, and we're on in the afternoon. And it's just sort of, it was really nice to see how much Canadians love poker. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a shame. You know, we're not doing those hockey shows again next year. And, you know, I just think that those shows are an absolute no-brainer to do in Canada. Canadians love hockey. They love poker. Those shows can't be that expensive to make. I'm like just really bummed out that uh, that they're not happening next year um, because I love any excuse to go to Canada and work. Um, it was just it was uh, Canadians are just are just I don't know. Like it's not there, there's exceptions to every rule, but I fucking love Canadians. There, I said it. Now, Joe, the one thing you couldn't bail on was Sunday evening because uh, a good friend of yours had actually uh, set up several open mic spots for you to perform. Yeah, this guy, JJ, who sort of reached out over uh, social media, was like, hey, I used to play poker. Now I do stand-up comedy in Toronto. I see you've been up to comedy. If you want, I'll take you around Toronto. We'll hit a bunch of open mics. It'll be a good time. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Sounds great, buddy. And I was really lucky. James had nothing to do that night. So James was down for the whole thing. My friend Jen, who I've mentioned a few times, was down. Um, and so we went to these three open mics. James can give you his honest assessment. The first one um, was, uh, was a little brutal. I was a little rusty. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. You, there was no way you could make this work. You were playing to what was a crowd of eight people. I'd say uh, th three of whom were other comedians. And as you took to the stage, literally 50% of the audience left. For a group of four people walked out, leaving behind one audience member and three other comedians. Yeah, it was a it was a tough it was a tough nut to crack. And then also what happens in those situations is that like because I was feeling rusty, the rust is like a lot more apparent when you're like in a situation like that. Um, it's like, you know, the, the harder the situation, the harder your job is. They also, it's, it's very cyclical, you know? And so that one was a little weak, but then we went to this place and James, I really want to hear your take on this place. We went to this place that's, I don't know any way, other way to describe it, but it's a weed lounge. Apparently marijuana laws are like really relaxed in Canada. And there's this like giant place where a bunch of people get together and smoke. They don't sell weed there or alcohol. Or alcohol. I that's couldn't right. get a drink at this damn bar. That's my take on it. They, sell, I know, and it's. I, I honestly felt stupid afterward when I was like, "Yeah, get me a beer," and they're like, "We don't sell alcohol." Because actually, in all the weed places in Amsterdam, most of them they don't sell alcohol either. Um, but like, you can rent like a vaporizer and like, or rent like a really nice bong. And this place was really bizarre because it was like full of two hundred people, and they were all stoned, but they were also like mostly unresponsive. <laughs> Yeah, they kind of needed prodding with a stick. The hilarious thing is that obviously you'd invited out anyone who wanted to come to this gig. And the guys from the 2 Plus 2 poker cast were in town. They did their show from the party, by the way. Uh, Joe and I were interviewed. Daniel's done an interview. So that's definitely going to be worth listening to. But those guys, Adam, Terrence and Ross, decided to come out. So we were all sat in a row. There was like me, your friend Jen, uh, Adam, Terrence and Ross. And we decided that we were the only people in there who were like stone cold sober and everyone else was kind of like and that was definitely monging out so the weird thing is you it, what should have been an easy crowd because they should just be giggling anyway was actually like it it's like playing to a room of people who have been put to sleep yeah and the thing is like i'm not i actually think it went pretty well like i don't have any like i i, I thought that 
for a fairly unresponsive crowd that I got a pretty decent response out of them. And it was really bizarre. Like the, the people in the front that were lit, like they were all pretty decent, but then the further, and it's a very weird room. It's like a long, narrow room. And so the further back in the room you got, the people were just completely comatose. And I was totally fine with it. I actually felt really good about that set. And that set got recorded. Um, and unfortunately, I haven't been sent the link of it yet. But when I get it, I'll play some of it on the show for you guys. I mean, I, pers- the personal highlight for me, actually, Joe, was the third set where we went to this strange underground hostel place where it was a total open mic night, a mixture of comedians, bands and singers. Because for me, I got to hear some new material because obviously I've been to a few of your gigs now. So I've heard a lot of the same stuff. It still makes me laugh and I'm not complaining about hearing it more than once, but it was nice to hear some new stuff. And also to see J.J. Lieberman, who I think is incredible and very, very funny. Yeah, J.J. So here's the thing about this is that so this open mic had a bunch of bands and the bands were all pretty decent. Like there's one terrible one at the beginning. But by the time we went on, like three or four really fun bands had played. Yeah. And the the vibe there is like everyone was really feeling the music. And J.J. gets up there and just completely works the crowd, just does this beautiful mix of like crowd work and material and really gets everyone on our side and gets everyone in the mood for comedy. And it was masterful what happened. And then for myself, um, I did some stuff that I had like not really done very much before. And JJ later, I don't know if you uh, agree, James, he said that was my best set of the night. Yes. That was, I, you know, I was just co- at that point I was like warm and I was comfortable and I was having a good time. So it was a lot more free flowing for me. He, I believe the expression is he killed. Oh, that's really nice, James. Thank you, man. Um, that's the only set I didn't record that night. Like, because, partly because I was just having fun. Like, I was like, oh, this is so much fun. Like, I'm just having a good time here. I actually didn't even film that one. So I regret that a little bit. But uh, overall, it was, uh, that you know, that was that night was almost as fun as the night before. Yeah, because it continued after the gig. We then went to another bar and it was obviously uh, the, the two of us, JJ, Jen, uh, the two plus two guys. Griffin Benger shows up because he was walking his dog in a nearby park. Simon- oh, and Simon Charette. I yeah. don't want to leave out Simon. Simon had come to the last two gigs. Now, Simon's a guy, if you guys remember, one of my first every ever episodes of the EPT, Simon played a couple hands against Phil Hellmuth at the PCA and sort of, I gave him a hard time and he, I, I you know, when I meet people in real life that I've given a hard time to. I never know how they're going to react. And this kid was really cool and was totally on the level, liked hanging out with him. So he was a part of the gang that whole night. And someone took a photo of the entire group and I did describe it on Twitter as like a deranged poker convention lineup. I mean, it was it was a really <laughs> yes. random assembly of poker industry people. Um, and that was accompanied by a plate of supersized nachos, something else which I put on social media, which has your thumb in it to provide a sense of scale. So that people can see just how super size the nachos really were. I don't think any amount of describing how big this plate of nachos <laughs> over the, over the radio will do it justice. No. Like, imagine the biggest plate of nachos that you've ever seen in your life, and then multiply it by, like, three or four. And the hilarious thing is we ordered two supersized nachos and then the discussion springs up about whether we need a third one and the waiter's like shaking so going no now this is before they showed up though this is before yeah before yeah. obviously everybody's going don't do it don't do it and so I said I think we need four and of course when the two arrive we're like oh my god can you imagine if we got four of these it was more like when the first one arrived we were like can we please cancel the second <laughs> one <laughs> uh, in summary it was a pretty awesome weekend 
It was, and I just, you know, the, the, the one other thing that I should probably add that people will probably get a kick out of is just how big a fuck-up I am in my life. Like, so I was out till, like, 11 in the morning, had to cancel going to the Toronto game, uh, go, go to the Blue Jays game. Then the next day, I'm, like, trying to text people and tell them about, like, where to come see me do stand-up. I text the wrong address. I text the wrong times. One of them gets canceled. I can't keep up with it. I can't keep up with all the people who are supposed to come meet us. I end up telling the cab driver the wrong address. So let me get this right. You this this first gig, which was eventually canceled, you put yes. You gave the cab driver an incorrect address. You put an incorrect address on Twitter, but they weren't the same address. That was two separate incorrect addresses. Correct. And so what should have been like an $11 cab ride ended up being $50. Because <laughs> we did a huge loop around the suburbs of Toronto. And then the next day, I like check out, get all packed up, check out of my hotel, go downstairs. Well, I go downstairs to check out. And as I'm leaving, the guy at the front desk says, excuse me, sir, but you know you're booked for one more night, right? And I was like, excuse me, what? What's that? And he's like, yes, you're, you're booked for another night. And then I take out my computer and I look and my flight is also scheduled for the next day. <laughs> so like I have all these plans the next day in, in the States. I got like my first softball game and I got a date and I got a dentist appointment. And I'm like, oh, man, how did I screw this up? Like I didn't even get the, like I didn't even get the day right. And so I ended up having to book another brand new ticket because like the change fee was just going to be outrageous. And I ended up, so just, I'm just a total mess. Like I can't get the simplest things correct. Uh, and of course this happened in front of everyone. Like James was down there. My friend Jen was down there. Like a couple guys from the poker cast, like everyone witnessed just what a complete buffoon I am. I've been witnessing it for five years to be fair. TV recap. So last week we kicked off the PCA with the Super High Roller final table. This week we kick off the PCA proper, the main event, episode one, covering day two of the 10K main event. Um, a fun show as the PCA always is. I mean, you just get such a great crowd at the PCA. All of the pros from around the world, loads of online qualifiers, normally a few celebrities and sports stars. This is the year of Ronaldo. Anyone who's watching our live stream from January will remember uh, that Ronaldo turned up and clearly was going to go uh, have, a, have a decent run in this event. And uh, it was great to see him at the tables, Joe. Yeah, I actually loved everything about this sh this episode from the open. Now, look, I'm not going to lie. Like, this show's work for me, right? So I don't always, like, love the show as a viewer because, like, I'm working. But when I went back to watch this, I thought that the opener that this producer came up with, this was Paul, right? Yeah. Uh, was great. I thought you nailed it. I was like, this is actually really exciting. There was this rap song in the very beginning. And this, I thought, was actually pretty cool. Like, I was, like, kind of getting into it. I thought maybe I'd, like, try to rap along with it. So I actually have the lyrics here, James. I'm going to try to do it right now. Oh, this God. is going to be really bad. When does it actually start? When you work in radio, there's, like, a little thing that tells you when the music starts, huh? When the lyrics or start. when the lyrics start. All right, I think it's coming up. This seems like the right spot. Joe, no. you've, got the, you've got the wrong music Is file. this just an instrumental version? You've got this the instrumental, instru instrumental yeah. music? Yeah. You, 
I just do what I do. I flow right better than any of the hottest. And trust me, that's not being conceited. That's being modest. I'm being honest. Pop up my collar. Tell whoever run this that they spot is temporary. Tell, tell I take this time. I'm selfish. All right. Okay, whatever. This song's actually good in the show. It's not like that. Um, there's so many things I love about the show. Daniel's in it. Please do watch the show on YouTube or if you're in the UK on all four because the actual version, uh, which we do have available, by the way, because we do have competent people who download the correct audio files, um, sounds a bit like this. Okay, so far it sounds exactly like mine. Wait for it. I just do what I do. Quote, right better than any of the hottest. And trust me, that's not being conceited. That's being modest. I'm being, being honest. Pop up my collar to whoever run this. Yeah, I preferred it when you were rapping to the instrumental version because you weren't horrifically out of sync. I was better. I was better then. Yeah, this guy's messing up my flow. The intro. I just do what I do. That is the intro. And it was the intro to that show available to watch now at youtube.com slash pokerstars. Yeah, and so there was so much stuff in this show that like just becomes a much bigger story later on. Um Maurice Hawkins is in there first of all, becomes a huge story later. Um uh Ronaldo becomes that huge story later. Tony Baggio is uh is in this episode. And Tony Baggio is one of these guys who was really a huge part of the live stream. Well, no one knows who he is, but he just keeps getting a seat at the feature table. He just happens to pick, be put on tables with people who obviously we want to follow. And, and the first time he appeared, he was obviously listed as, other than the player list, as, I think it was Antonio da Silva, which sounds about yes. right for a Brazilian poker player. And then during one of the breaks, because obviously his family have been watching the live stream, he goes, yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to be referred to as Antonio da Silva. I, I'm Tony Baggio. So we just sort of decided that Tony Baggio was this uh, was this other guy. Was hey 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 Tony Baggio, you don't mess with Tony Baggio. Tony Baggio, you don't put you don't tell Tony Baggio what his name is. Tony Baggio tells you. And then there's a joke that ended up in in this show actually that I really like where this is one of those situations that th this is what you guys get behind the scenes here on EPT not live. It's one of those situations where I went to make a joke and I screwed it up. <laughs> And we just kept it because it was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> and here it is. Now he's even more, more, more poisoner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that happens every once in a while. And you can sort of, I don't know if you can tell when it happens or not. But we're like, I try to go for some really dumb joke and I screw it up. And you know what? You know what? That's probably better than the joke. So let's just let that flow. James, I really loved how every time we talked about Ronaldo, you kept calling him a soccer star. Well, first of all, you know I do it just to annoy people. But also, in all seriousness, these are international shows. And also, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Canada. Canada's a big market for us. And in Canada, the game is soccer. And I don't understand why so many people in the UK have a problem with it. You look at all the coverage on TV, on Sky Sports. What's the show on a Saturday morning? Soccer AM. What's the show on a Saturday afternoon? Soccer Saturday. What's the big game on a Sunday called? Soccer Sunday. It's like, I don't understand why people have an issue with it. Um, so it was more of a kind of sop to our North American cousins uh, than, than necessarily trying to needle people in the United Kingdom. But that was just an added bonus. 
Yeah, I mean, I also don't get the argument people where they're like, what? Like, it's football. And I was like, yeah, but there's lots of other things that aren't named exactly what they are. Like, baseball isn't called, like, hit with stick. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, you, it's okay to have a name that isn't, like, completely literally translated. So there's actually a joke coming up about that in one of the later shows with Ronaldo. And finally, with this show, um, we got to see all of the qualifiers, all the potential qualifiers. So uh, this uh, Elizabeth Bennett, who is in a couple other shows later on, she makes her first appearance. Now, the Catman... Catman 2.0, not to be confused with this yeah. bizarre character on the UK circuit known as Catman. This is a, a Canadian qualifier uh, who earned the nickname because of this amazing story regarding his pet. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, the Catman 2.0 Michaels, uh, he, he, was, he had won his way into a satellite for the PCA and he was sleeping through it and his cat woke up his computer somehow. Um, and got him got him woken up. It's like a cat who drags you from a burning building. This cat drags you to the PCA. And he made he actually didn't make much in the shows because, you know, not everything can make it. And I guess it's probably a good thing because he looked like a lot like Hulk Hogan. And I was doing a lot of Hulk Hogan references during uh, during the PCA, the EBT Live. But now it turns out that Hulk Hogan's like a big fat racist. So if I had like <laughs> done a bunch of Hulk Hogan stuff for this show, I probably would have been like, oh, man, that's really bad timing. So um, but I, the Catman did not get nearly enough love in our shows, unfortunately. And then the, who we did pick for uh, for uh, online qualifiers, this woman, this girl, Laura Garzon, who I wanted to say, but I thought it was too mean for the TV show. But I'll tell you guys here, I think she looks a lot like Anne from Arrested Development. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember this, that character, but just the one that like sort of is very plain looking. And very, Now, Laura's pretty, but she did resemble Anne a lot to me. And I was like, ah, it's a little too mean for the TV shows, but you guys get that now. But she had a great story. I mean, he, she was in this thing for next to nothing because she'd used her frequent player points. I think she was in for like two or three uh, FPPs. Incredible stuff. And only appropriate that we do that at the start of a main event when the field is still big and just look at all of the people who won their way into the PCA main event for a fraction of the buy-in. And of course, on the main stage, we had the original online qualifier, the man who started the poker boom. And I'm very pleased to say we can speak to him now because we have on the line from Memphis, from Team Pro, the 2003 World Series of Poker main event champion, Chris Moneymaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning, Chris. And the crowd and the crowd goes wild. What's up, boys? How are we doing, guys? We got a, we got a crowd somewhere here, I think. There's where I used to have crowd sound effects. There we go. Chris Moneymaker, everybody. Chris, you know, I like to say you're like the John. You don't like that? No, I love it. I remember you had that little sound bump machine, and you know you have multiple you, multiple shell machines, so you should have grilled. Well, now I have now I have the entire internet as long as the um, as long as the sound effects aren't uh, aren't officially owned by anyone. Chris, I like to call you the uh, the John Connor of poker for two reasons. Like you're kind of like the guy at like the nucleus of it all. You started it all, but also you know you haven't really been good since like you know 15 years. So um, you know just like the Terminator movies. Um, Chris, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about um, you know. We just we just released uh, for a PCA moment there. Shows. I thought he just accepted it. For a moment there, I thought he just taken it on the chin, and we were moving on. I did take it. The problem is, is everybody's trying to kill him in the movies. Exactly, and the, don't you feel like people gun for you too, though? I mean, a little bit. They don't, I mean, they don't literally try to kill me. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It, it was a good analogy, but okay, go on. I'll let you continue. <laughs> well, we'll, Chris, we'll talk later about what we, what we feel about your job. 
It's the banter. Well, that's the banter that I wanted to ask you about. You know, we just uh, aired a show from the PCA where you had a, quite a bit of banter with Sean Deeb, and ribbing people seems to be a big part of your game. Does it ever go too far, and do you ever get offended? No, I don't get offended. Um, I mean, I don't, can't remember a single time I've ever been offended at a poker table. Um, I don't ever think anything goes too far at a poker table. I mean, you know, I've heard stories of it going too far, but usually what I'm doing is keeping it light, just keeping it fun. I mean, poker and poker today is can be very dry, especially when you play ten thousand dollar buying events. I was very excited to come in today to sing Sean Deeb at my table. I've had many years of playing with him. Uh we talk off the felt, so I mean, you know, I knew that the day was gonna be a, a light, fun, you know, entertaining day. And uh, that was, that ended up being the case. Also, I knew we'd be busy playing a lot of pots together. I was glad to be two to his left. And do you think that uh, with position that you are able to sort of match the uh, the mastery of a Sean Deeb? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. I'm the better player here, so I, I have position. I don't. Oh, well, sorry. Don't See, this is. <clears throat> This is exactly the kind of banter I'm talking about. You guys, uh, you guys had a pretty good time out there. Uh, do, do you uh, like when? When does it end? Like when does the, when does the banter? When when do we get to see the real Chris Moneymaker? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, this is the real Chris Moneymaker. It's always, you know, my, I, I frustrate my wife sometimes because I'm I'm just a big kid. I, I enjoy, you know, the banter. I enjoy life, so I just try to have a good time at all times and. Uh, you know, maybe I do take it too far sometimes, you know, joking around. Um, but Well, you said it never goes too far at the poker table. Do you find that it maybe sometimes goes too far off the pay- poker table? Do you find that maybe someone like, like me, like a commentator or a fan, is like a little too familiar? They think they know you a little too well. They think they can joke around with you and they say something that's kind of out of line? I mean, I think periodically, I think my wife gets upset sometimes when females get a little bit too familiar just because I do joke around too much. <laughs> I'm going to call BS on this one, moneymaker. No, no. I uh, had an argument with my wife over a Facebook picture. Yeah. Really? A yeah. Facebook picture? Was this yeah. someone sending you private pictures or just a picture of you with a lady where she had her arms around you? Uh, just a picture of a lady with her arms around me. Okay. <laughs> But, you know, same time, I mean, I do travel a lot. My wife is completely awesome. Um, you know, just every once in a while, you know, a picture will come up or something and she won't like it. And she just knows that I am a little bit too friendly of a guy sometimes. Chris, a bizarre thing actually happened before play started on day two, which is when you sat down at the table and everyone's saying hello, everyone's introducing themselves there was some kid at the table who was so young he didn't know who you were. We've now reached the point where there are people playing poker who've never heard of Chris Moneymaker or the Moneymaker effect. Oh, which one was this guy? It wasn't the guy to my left. He was joking. He knew who I was. But, um, yeah, there are people, you know, that were born, like, somehow that have no idea who I am, which, you know, I've probably met, like, four or five people now. Uh, Two of them were at Prague, and uh, most of them are, you know, the Eastern Bloc of Europe. That how is your ego? Ho- how is your ego coping with this? Oh no, no, I train them who I am. I mean, we we we, we have, <laughs> it's okay. 
Now, to be fair, just so everyone knows, Chris doesn't really have that much of an ego. This, and, and considering how much people have blown smoke up his ass for like the last, you know, twelve or thirteen years or whatever, uh, Chris handles this all really well. And in fact, I, th- that's the only way you can handle it, right? Is to just sort of play into it. You can't just like pretend to be humble all the time. You just got to like do the fake ego thing. Right? I think that's why people enjoy meeting Chris and enjoy playing at the table with him because he's just a, a genuine dude. I mean, I am who I am, you know. I remember, <coughs> excuse me. A genuine dude with a cough. He is genuinely gross. No, dude, I'm still in bed, man. I haven't even rolled up yet. It's tough doing this. That makes this? two of us. It, it's 8 o'clock. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon there. Chris ah. Moneymaker, I live in America now. I'm, do- I'm, I'm literally doing this show from my bed in Jersey City. Wow, they put, they put you in Jersey City? I put me in Jersey City. Okay, oh. let's just let's just move on. Back to Chris Moneymaker. Okay, sorry about that. I didn't know you chose to live there. I'm in Memphis. <laughs> You're in- I'm, in Memphis. I'm in Memphis. I can't say much. You're in Memphis, and I did something. You do like tons and tons of appearances, right? Are you just like on the road all year round in the states? Um, I'm on the road about half the time, to be honest. I I uh, spend a lot of time. Uh, doing different appearances, doing some charity work, working with poker stars. And uh, so, that you know, in Memphis, there's just not a lot of, well, there's zero poker. So that makes me where I'm on the road quite a bit. Um, I'm looking to mitigate that by moving either to New Jersey, Florida, Vegas, somewhere in the, somewhere where poker is a little bit more relative. Chris, come on, we got to be roommates. Come be roommates with me in Jersey City. It'll be really fun. Well, see, I, you know, Jersey was like number two on the list. It probably just went down to like number seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, hey, it's still in the top ten, states. It's still there. So you're saying no, there's a chance, I Chris. I, yeah, I don't see you enough on tour. I mean, dude, every every tour I go on, I see you guys because, you know, I, I, that just means I busted. So I come see you guys, which is, you know, the highlight of the trip, of course. Well, I did want to talk about your bust out hand from this particular episode we're talking about because uh, in the show, when you go broke, you're getting a massage uh, from a very pretty young lady. It reminds me of the fact that when I saw this happening live, I texted you and asked you to please give her my phone number. And what did you do? You are such a such a bro, such a solid wingman. You went and did it for me. Turn out that you're interested, and then I gave her her your information and yeah, if memory serves you guys connected a little bit later on i don't know if there anything came of it but uh you are absolutely right we did uh, we played a little bit of phone tag and then did, literally did not see each other for the entire rest of the trip but i considered it somewhat of a win like a min cash that she like at least communicated with me well you know sometimes girls do that out of pity <laughs> it would just be too awkward, especially if Chris Moneymaker made the introduction. She had to, she had to at least respond. Now, Chris, this may be EPT not live rather than EPT live, but the two things have one important element in common, and that is that Joe comes up with ridiculous games designed to embarrass you. Well, that's going to be hard to do. Let's let's do it. Oh, I love it. Well, Chris, you know we've played this game before. This is a game I like to call. Is that your real name? Now we uh, we played this one before on EPT Live, and basically, I remember. I just I remember this game. Yeah. And uh, you know, your name is Chris Moneymaker, and I don't think the poker boom nearly happens as strong and as hard as it did if your name weren't Moneymaker. I mean, it was just kismet. 
And so what I have done is I have gone through and found other ironic nicknames for people in their chosen profession. I am going to give you two choices every time. You're going to have to tell me which one is the real name. And as a penalty, if you get one wrong, I'm going to say, Chris Moneymaker, is that your real name? And then you have to say, yes, that's my real name. All right? <laughs> Ridiculous rules, but I like them. I like this. That's a pretty brutal penalty, sir. And uh, you're just going to have to answer that question probably like, you know, eight million more times in your life. You're going to do it a few more right now. And there's one little monkey wrench, Chris. One of these, there's seven questions. One of these, they're both real. So I can't get so I can't get it wrong. Then. You can't get it. Well, that's true. But, but if you guess one, whatever, you can't get it wrong. It's a free roll. You're right. Fine. It's fine. They're both real. Here we go. So these are (laughs) these are two doctors, Uh, Doctor Frankenstein, Doctor Richard Frankenstein, or Doctor Acula, Doctor Ben Acula. Which one is the real name? (laughs) Dr. Acula. I know I'm not taking part. I'm just laughing at the concept. (laughs) Uh, Doctor Dracula, of course. Doctor Dracula, Doctor Acula is. Incorrect. There's an actual Dr. Dr. Frankenstein. Doctor, but he claims it's pronounced Frankenstein. No, 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 no. It's Frankenstein. We know it's Frankenstein. So Chris Moneymaker, O for one. Question number two. No. Hang on a second. Penalty, penalty. Oh, that's right. Hey, Chris Chris Moneymaker, is that your real name? No, penalty on you. You didn't pronounce his name correctly. It's Frankenstein. (laughs) <laughs> Get out of here. Chris Moneybaker, is that your real name? Yes, it is. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Chris, the response is yes, that's my real name. Oh, yes, that's my real name. Okay, question number two. <laughs> this is the director of Indiana University's Office of Alternative Screening and Intervention Services, a.k.a. the person who deals with drug and alcohol abuse. Is her name... Jackie Daniels? Or is her name Jamie Beam? <laughs> Why did you find these? That's not even that's not even right. Um I'm gonna go with Jackie <laughs> Daniels. Jackie Daniels is correct. Chris Moneymaker is on the board. Question number three, Apple Store employee out of California. Is his name Samsung? Or is his name Mike Rosoft? <laughs> Microsoft. Microsoft is incorrect. Chris Moneymaker, is that your real name? Yes, that is my real name. (laughs) This is the best game ever. Question number four. Members of the clergy, which one is the real name? Cardinal Sin, (laughs) as in Cardinal Jamie Sin, or Father Time? Father Paul Time. Those are both correct, probably, but... um, Are you saying they're both correct? Is that your answer, Chris Moneymaker, that they're both correct? I think they're both cardinals. I'm I'm going to say that this is the one where they're both right. (laughs) Oh, no! Incorrect. 
The real one there was Cardinal Sin. Cardinal Jamie Sin. I don't think... Moneymaker, is that your real name? Well, first of all, I said I'm going to go with Cardinal Sin. But okay, yes, that's my real name. <laughs> this is getting painful. All right, Chris Moneymaker, number five. Major... These are both major league... <laughs> major league pitchers. Ready? Which one's the real one here? Bob Walk or Grant Balfour? Grant Balfour. I actually know pitchers, so I know that's right. That's the one, actually, that has up. They're both correct. Bob Walk and Grant Balfour are both major league pitchers. Bob Walk must be very old. He must have been a long time ago. He's not anything recent. So I'm surprised you don't know him. Here we go. Question number six. Wow. These are, these are judges. These are judges. Judge Janelle Lawless or Judge Terrence Dredd? Which one is the real name? The first one. Judge Lawless is correct. James, what's the score? What's he got? Three and three. So uh, this, is, this is it. This is the clincher. All right, Chris. This one may be the toughest one of all. We're back to the medical field. Which one is the real name? Dr. Sandra Nurse or Nurse Angela Doctor? Doctor Nurse or Nurse Doctor? Oh, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> nurse Doctor. Nurse Doctor is incorrect. Chris Moneymaker, is that your real name? No, it's not. I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine what an exclusive that would be? Chris Moneymaker confesses to EBT Not Live. He made up his name to create a poker phenomenon. Just promise us if that's the case, you're going to do it here first. I'll give you guys the exclusive. Chris, <laughs> thank you for being a good sport and playing the game. Uh, great to see you on the feature table on one of our TV shows, and it'll be great to see you on the circuit again soon. I mean, you go everywhere in the world. You play on every single tour, no matter how big or how small. Uh, what's the next live event for you? The next live event, um, honestly, it's probably going to... Well, that's, that's not even live. That's, uh, w Coop is the next big series I'll be playing, which is not really live, but it's... You know, online. I was going to go to Barcelona, uh, but something popped up. So now I think I'm going to Prague for the EPT. So I'll see you guys back in Prague. We'll see you um, just before Christmas then. Yes, just before Christmas. An early Christmas present. It was a pleasure. You know, I. I he I says, he says through gritted teeth. <laughs> Listen, yeah, no, look, I'm a trained media professional. I can say this and smile. And not really mean it, but, you know. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chris, for getting up early. Great to have you on the show. Good talking to you guys. Take care. So, sadly, Chris Moneymaker will not be joining us at the EPT Barcelona Festival later this month. But, hey, what, kids? You what a jerk. could be there. Courtesy of the numerous satellites running right now on PokerStars. I'm just looking in the lobby right now, Joe, and I noticed that satellites are also running for EPT Malta in October. So if you've realized that there's no way you can fit Barcelona into your schedule, maybe you can start planning for a trip to Malta at the end of October. In your case, Joe, you're going to both. I have to go to both, yeah, and I think the Malta trip is over Halloween, right? It's like the last day is October 31st. Yes. 
I don't know when Poker Stars is going to start respecting religious holidays like Halloween. This is a weird thing, it's right? It was rude. only when I watched E.T. as a kid that I realized Halloween was a thing. It's never been something that anyone in Europe has taken seriously. But over the years, American influence has increased and now people do the trick-or-treating shite and have their fancy dress parties and worship the living dead. Um, so, yes, Malta in October, but Barcelona in the summer. Just to highlight one upcoming satellite, because we're going to talk about Barcelona in more detail next week. Next week's edition of EPT Not Live is going to be like the Barcelona preview show, because it'll be our last podcast before we go to the first leg of season 12. But on Sunday, the 9th of August... Uh, at five past four in the afternoon Eastern, that's your time zone, Joseph, what we like to call PokerStars time, there is a 215 euro buy-in satellite with three packages guaranteed. I'd like to think Holy shit. that there will be more than three packages available if there's a big enough field in this, but there will definitely be three packages up for grabs in a 215 euro buy-in satellite. And of course, there are satellites into the satellite you could qualify for as little as two euros and 20 cents. And by the way, that is just one of, I'm going to count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, six, six satellites running on Sunday this coming weekend for the EPT Barcelona main event. That was good counting, buddy. Luckily, there weren't more than six, otherwise I'd still be going. Uh, well, that's your, once you get onto your third hand, that's it. Uh, you guys know James has a third hand. He does. It's creepy. <laughs> I keep it hidden from public view. By the way, that, 200, that 215 euro uh, satellite, I believe that's like a step four ticket. So you can, ev you can even get into that using steps. Um, so that sounds like a great deal. And I know that we live in podcast land where, you know, dates matter more. So August 9th is the date, but that's just a few days from now. I think that's that's the one right there. Yeah, five past four Eastern, which, just to add five hours, uh, would be five past nine in the evening. So great. You can watch, um, what's on Sunday night TV these days? Do they still have Highway, Antiques Roadshow, Songs of Praise? After you've watched your Sunday evening's TV... Uh, you can fire up the Stars client and uh, try and win your seat at EPT Barcelona. Or do both. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've tried the whole playing poker, watching TV thing, and it doesn't work for me. I'm very easily distracted. I can do it as long as I'm only one tabling. And then I tend to pause it if I'm, you know, because I really feel like when you're playing poker and watching TV at the same time or watching a movie that you're ruining two things. Um, yeah. So I tend to pause it. You see, I'd, I'd like to think... He says, going into uh, full sales mode, that if you are going to play that satellite, you might as well play some of the other Sunday tournaments on PokerStars. For example, the Sunday Million, which runs every Sunday. <laughs> play on PokerStars. Hey, can I ask you a question, James? Are you saying, so when you saw E.T., were you like, what the fuck is happening? Like when everyone's getting dressed up and going outside and... In costumes? Where I grew up, and we're talking, what, like early 80s? Like 1982 is when E.T. came out, right? So I was seven years old. Yeah. People did not go trick-or-treating. People did not dress up for Halloween. Like at school, maybe you'd like have a fun thing in the afternoon where someone would put a witch's hat, but it just wasn't a thing. So what did you think you were watching when you saw it? Oh, like, no. I, like, what did you think it was? I got that they were, they were doing something for Halloween, but I just thought it was really weird that, like, everyone was dressing up. I didn't, I didn't know that they okay. were... I didn't know they were trick-or-treating. I just thought they were going to a party. The concept of trick-or-treat, I kind of became aware of a few years after that. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it, just, it just never was a thing. I, I don't know whether it's because some people frown on Halloween, because, obviously, some people who are religious think it's, it, it's not something you should 
celebrate whether whether it's because of that pagan holiday yeah but maybe it's because of that legacy that it wasn't a big thing uh but yeah as i said over the years um now we've kind of caught up and hey any excuse for a party am i right absolutely uh james we were going to do a segment here uh, where i was going to sportify poker and talk about i was going to come up with the top 10 ways to sportify poker but not enough of you participated whoa, in whoa, it whoa, whoa. i've got three and I'm tweets not doing here. this segment i've got three tweets here you don't want to give a price enough. no it's not enough. I wanted to do like a whole segment on it. Now we can save those three tweets. You can read them if you want. I can save those three tweets. Let me, let me read them. Because like a larger segment later. I, okay. I, I do think that the fact that three people went to the effort of suggesting ways to sportify poker, they should be acknowledged and they should have their 15 seconds okay, of fame. Uh, Peter Blow was the first man in uh, with a little bit of political commentary. Run a poker World Cup in somewhere completely inappropriate like Qatar and claim it for the good of the game. Hashtag Sportify. That's not bad, actually. I'm gonna give him. A, I'm gonna give him a little one of these on that one. Uh, Javier GM also with a little bit of uh, commentary. Spit on the felt like soccer players. Hashtag Sportify. And a more serious suggestion, because you did say. Joe, that they didn't necessarily have to be humorous suggestions. They could be genuine suggestions. Uh, Dave Goodger says, this is how you sportify poker. 60 second shot clocks with two five minute timeouts per session. That's a long, that's a long timeout even, but I'll give it to him. A little something for the effort. Uh, yeah, keep those rolling in, guys. Uh, if we can get a bigger response next week, I'll come up with a bunch of ones myself and fire them off there. Uh, some what what I believe to be funny ones. Uh, so I'm not going to award any prizes for that. But you know, we are going to award a prize for yeah, hopefully, super fan versus tapes. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's super fan versus. Stapes. And this week, I'm outnumbered. I'm the only person on this show who's on the right side of the Atlantic Ocean because we are going to Ohio and saying hello to Jake Feskanen. Did I get it right, Jake? Yeah, you did, actually. Cool. So, Jake, both you and Joe are in the US of A, and it gives me great pleasure to say that we're going to save money this week because you cannot possibly win a 27 euro Stepsy ticket being an American player. So I'm going to look really good in my mid-year review tomorrow when I say that we only gave away a t-shirt. I also saved money on envelopes because Joe's in America as well. Joe's in Jersey City, which means I didn't have to put the questions in an envelope. So the stationery department are going to love me as well. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that I was going to have to murder from Jersey City. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. I'm not going to the post office for nobody. I was going to say he was going to save a ton of shipping there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to. If you win the t shirt, I guess it's probably going to cost me the same amount that it would to give you a Step C ticket to send your t shirt to the state of Ohio. Uh, Jake, we appreciate our American fans, especially as you can't actually play on Poker Stars. Um, and we appreciate your comments, especially on this show on EPC Not Live, because I know you're a big podcast fan. Yeah, absolutely. And I uh, started watching you guys about seven years ago. In uh, college over Missouri, and it was uh, it was always a little hard because you know it's like six hours difference. But hey, it's always been worth it. I, I want to know what he does now. If he started in college, I want to know what what we inspired him to do with his life. <laughs> um, well, play poker, obviously. No, um, I do accounting and uh, kind of just kick back and have some fun. I do some RC racing too. Get a little bit out of that. Radio controlled cars. Yeah. That's still a thing. That's awesome. Uh, they must be they must be ridiculous at this point. It's still a thing. 
technology is pretty insane. Like I'm waiting for it to just be controlled by our minds eventually, and like no radio at all. Um, I want a, I want a mind control car. Holy shit! <laughs> if there's one person who should never be allowed to have a mind controlled <laughs> anything. It's Joe Stapleton. Uh, now there would be just radio controlled cars driving up girls' skirts constantly. <laughs> now, Jake, as you know, we've mixed things up on Superfan versus Stapes, and we're trying to steer away. Uh, from EPT-related questions, from poker-related trivia. So that's why we asked you for what your interests were and what you consider to be your specialist subject or the area that you're uh, most knowledgeable of. And you told us ice hockey, which is why I contacted our team in Canada. And they have compiled a list (laughs) of eight NHL-related questions that I will now be asking to you and Joe Stapleton as we play... Superfan versus Stapes. I got it. Don't worry. I got it. I was I was messing around with the other thing. Superfan versus Stapes. Jake, as the Superfan, as our guest, and as obviously we want to thank you for your loyalty and appreciation of what we do, you get to choose whether to go first or second. I will go second. Joe, your question then. I just realized I've this got... is already a bad hockey quiz because we should have had a face off. Go ahead. I just realized I've got two <laughs> columns, J and J. That's not going to work. Uh, J, <laughs> Joe. Now, each question is worth two points. If you get part of the answer right, I might be generous and give you one point. Emphasis on the word might. Joe, name all three players of the famed Triple Crown line. Uh... So these would be, that's the, the Kentucky Derby, the Belmont Stakes, and the Preakness. Funnily enough, that was not the correct answer. Uh, you can steal, Jake. Um, let's see. I'm with Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager, and uh, I can't come up with the third one. I'm afraid you didn't get one of them. The three were Charlie Simmer, Dave Taylor, and Marcel Dion. Get out of here. What is this? What is this nonsense? (laughs) I'm just reading words off a page. I have no idea what any of them mean. Uh, Jake, it is your question. What is the record for most assists by a goalie in one season? Name the goalie and the number of assists. Curtis Joseph with 17. Joe, you can steal. Uh, I'm going to go with Dominic Hasek and 11. Correct answer was Grant Fur with 14. Oh, Grant Fur! How could I not have said Grant Fur? Let's get to question three, which is your question, Joe. Uh, is this going to be the first scoreless edition of Superman vs. Stapes ever? Uh, Wayne Gretzky. I don't know, it's like the rest of my life is scoreless anyway. So. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky scored the most points in the 1980s. Which player had the second most points? Uh, in the 80s, huh? I want to say Mario Lemieux. Jake, you can steal. I'm going to go with Yarmir Yager. The answer was Peter Statsny with 986 points. Yo, these names are all made the fuck up. They're all <laughs> lies. Jake, it is Canada, so, you know. What is the record for most power play goals in one season and by whom? Are we saying an individual player or a team? 
uh, an individual player. Most power play goals in one season. I think he should get a point just for that question. That was, that was a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brett Hall and 58. Both incorrect. Joe. I'm sorry, this is going to sound a little rude, but like, go fuck yourself, 69. This, these are too hard. <laughs> I'm afraid you'll have to take it up with the Canadian marketing department of Pokestars, Joe. These are not my questions. <laughs> I, I thought you did research. When you hosted the Pokestars.net NHL alumni charity poker tournament for three years running, I thought you did deep research into the NHL and its rich history. Well, James, not to criticize your your uh, your game here but if that were the case why didn't you ask me some goddamn questions about players that were in the freaking charity tournament instead of all these made up dudes uh, these aren't made up would have gone to nhl.com and gotten the quiz off of there no you see i i always go the extra mile i i, I basically woke up a dude who was trying to sleep for 48 hours after organizing a massive party in toronto interrupted his home time with his kids and said i need some hockey questions and he delivered thank you jordan to be uh, fair to be fair, he hates his kids, so it wasn't really that big of a deal for him to make up these questions. So it's your question. Question five. Who was the first player to record three shorthanded goals in one game? Shorthanded. That means that they weren't playing a full ring. They weren't nine-handed. They were, they were six-handed. Um, uh, repeat the question, please. The first player to record three shorthanded goals in one game. Um, Denny Savard. That was a good guess, though, because the answer is someone who has appeared in the Pokestars.net NHL Alumni Charity ah. Poker Tournament, uh, which is a clue to you, Jake. I don't know if you've ever seen those shows. Uh, but the question now passes to you for a potential steal. Uh, Jeremy Roenick. The answer is Theo Fleury. Oh, Theo Fleury. Yeah, remember him. Uh, question six. It's Jake's question. Who was the first American-born player to captain a Stanley Cup winning team? Mike Vindano. Joe, you can steal. This is an unmitigated uh, disaster, and I'm <laughs> loving it. Yeah. I mean, there's what the question should have been. What is the name of the thing they're trying to get into the net? Fuck. <laughs> What's it made out what of? What is ice hockey played on? Ice. Like, that would have been better. Um, first American-born player. Uh, let's go with... Hold on. Hold on. I think I can get this. I met the guy. His name is uh, Bobby Orr. No, his name is Darian Hatcher. Oh, yeah, classic. Classic Darian. Joseph. Did we get overtime if we stayed at, tied at zero? Oh, there, there is a tiebreaker question. A there is a tiebreaker <laughs> question. Don't worry. Actually, this is a lot like a hockey game. I mean, they're very often 0-0 zero, zero by, the, by the end of the game. It's your last question, Joe. Yeah. Who was the last Montreal Canadian to score 50 goals in a regular season? Um, Louis LaFontaine. <laughs> Incorrect. 
But, what? Are you I, serious? I think I should award points for flair, but I, I can't. I can't. Instead, <laughs> Jake gets the opportunity to steal. Jake, just cheat. Just Google it. <laughs> um... I can't even come out the ball. Uh. Dick Buckers. <laughs> ah, Stefan Richer. Or St oh, Stephen geez. Richer, if you want to say it in English. Oh, let's let's see. Okay, here's here's the thing. Jake, your final question is to name the six Sutter brothers. If you can get two of them, you've won the game. He should get six guesses to name two of them. Just Darryl name. Sutter. Sorry, what was that first one? Sorry. Daryl Sutter. Yes, that is a Sutter. Brian Sutter. Yes, that's a Sutter. Well done, Jake. You got two out of six. That's all that matters. The others, just out of interest, were Ron, Rich, Brent, and Dwayne. But Jake Verscannon, you have won. Supervan versus Stapes. Yeah. One nothing, baby. <laughs> it was a shellacking. It was that was a classic <laughs> hockey game. Um, my thanks to Jordan for questions that no one could answer. Uh, here's a tip for anyone wanting to take part in Superfan versus Stapes in the future. When asked what is your specialist subject, bear in mind that I am going to find a fellow specialist to come up with the questions. They are going to be tough. The idea is we want you to beat Stapes. We want you to prove your knowledge. Um, as it stands, though, you clearly did know more than Joe about the NHL. Which you knew more than zero, Jake. Good job. <laughs> which isn't difficult, to be fair. And that means, Jake, we are going to send you the much-coveted, much-desired Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. Can we get a Chop Pot song really quick? Well, the reason we're sending you that t-shirt is because... Everyone loves the chop pot. Everyone chop loves the chop pot. Oh, see, this is a problem. <laughs> he when we're in, in on it when too. we're in different countries, it just doesn't. It just doesn't gel. It just doesn't work. We'll get used to it. We'll get used to it. We'll figure it out. Uh, Jake, thank you very much indeed for taking part. Enjoy the T-shirt, and we hope you continue enjoying the podcast, the live streams, and the TV shows. Awesome, thank you guys. Have a good day. <laughs> All right, well, Jake was a good sport, even though he didn't really um, know, know his as sport. much about hockey as we would have hoped. <laughs> Here's the thing. We yeah, are still did. taking submissions for Superfan versus Stapes. Remember, the hashtag is EPTNotLive, which is the same hashtag you should be using if you have a suggestion to Sportify Poker. Remember, Joe desperately, desperately wants more submissions in that category. Uh, but yeah, please try and come up with something that you are an expert in or something you know a lot about. Uh, because it's just fun to make it more of a mastermind contest and just think how entertaining it would be if you walk the floor with Joe. If you get all of your questions right, you get all of his questions right and make it a proper shellacking. I mean, people love embarrassing me. That's like 90% of what my career is based on. Uh, guys, that's it. We're all out of time for this week's show. Next week, we are going to do our Barcelona preview show. I actually, James, have a new soundboard. Like, you know, I have those little boxes that I play sounds off of for EPT Live. Wow. I have a new one, and a third one, I'm adding it into the mix, and I figure I'll bring it into the studio next week. I'm going to be back in London. I'm bringing it into the studio next week. We'll play around with it a little bit. We'll figure out um, what sounds are appropriate and what we could possibly use it for, so we've got that. So that'll be a sneak preview of what people will be able to hear on Season 12 of EPT Live. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll let people, uh, sub, you know, give me some suggestions of ways that we can have fun with the soundboard. Maybe if people have suggestions for things that they want to see in season 12 at all, why not? Fire them in. Fire them in now. Uh, and, but we'll ask you for more for that next week. Uh, we'll have another PCA TV show to recap. That'll be the bubble show. We already have our guests locked in for next week. It's going to be Fatima DeMello. She's very relevant when it comes to Barcelona. Yeah, Fatima had her best ever result in an EPT main event in Barcelona. She's also going to be there a little bit early to do something very special, uh, which we'll talk about on next week's show. And look, we don't need an excuse to have Fatima on the show. And bear in mind, Joe, normally we have her on EPT Live where we are trying to be a little bit more um, professional, shall we say, and a bit, a little bit less um, uh, raw. Imagine... Fatima in an environment where we're not censoring her, where she is allowed to say whatever she wants. That's what you're going to get next week. I just thought of the game we're going to play with Fatima, I think. I think I'm gonna, it's going to be a game about cuss words. I look forward to it. I think I'm going to make cuss words. The, yeah, I think I'm going to make cuss words the answers. James, do you want to try to do this rap song with me? Oh, hang on a second. Show? Let, me, let me dig out these lyrics because I thought we were done with that segment. I'd put them in the recycling pile. Uh, yeah, okay. We're going to try and sing along to the rap, right? Or rap along. You don't sing along to a rap. You rap along to a rap. Um, we're yes. going to rap along to the rap. Okay. We, I don't have high hopes for us if we don't even know the rapping is called rapping. Okay. Hit, hit it, Gilly. I just do what I do. I flirt right I better than any of the hottest. And trust me, that's not being conceited. That's just being modest. I'm being honest. Pop up my collar. I'm being honest. Pop up my collar. Yeah, this 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 is not going to work when you're we're in New York this on delay. Temporary till I take the time of mine. I'm selfish. Your will. Oh, it's the delay. It's yeah. the delay. It's the delay. This is what Krishna was waiting for. Are you happy now? Are you happy? You got the car crash you predicted. <laughs> James and I, we don't know about you. That's the intro. We just do what we do. That's not that's the intro. It's the, the intro. fucking end. Goodbye. Smell you later.